so it's Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, about the narrow and wide gates. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Please do take your seats and uh, pick up your Bibles, Matthew chapter 7. Uh, This morning we looked at the entire book of Esther in one go. Tonight we have two verses, so from one extreme to the other. But these are verses with the power to change our eternity. I'm going to read them again since they are so brief. Matthew 7, 13 to 14. This is Jesus speaking. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be powerfully at work among us now, helping us to understand these uh, couple of verses, helping us to be able to feel the impact of what Jesus is saying here. And would you help us to find it, help us to make this right decision to obey the Lord Jesus in what he calls us to do. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, Do you want to go to heaven? Do you want to go to heaven? Or would you rather go to hell? It's almost a, a stupid question, really, isn't it? Obviously, we want to go to heaven. <laughs> and yet, many, many people choose not to go. We are all going to spend eternity somewhere and the choices we make today impact where that is going to be. And that's the choice that Jesus sets before us tonight. In effect, he says, imagine that you are walking along and in front of you are two gates. There is a nice big one on the left and it opens up into a big wide field and there are crowds of people walking together, walking along through that gate and off into the sunset and it looks really good and then over here there is another gate a very small one and and if you went through that you'd see a thin path stretching away from it if you really look in the distance you can maybe see one or two other travelers a little bit further along the track but you're not quite sure which path do you go for on this choose your own adventure well Jesus is very clear isn't he in verse 13 Enter through the narrow gate. Choose the small gate. Choose the unpopular gate. Choose the one that looks more difficult. Because while there are two gates and two roads, two groups of travellers, two destinations, only one is going to get you where you want to go. We've all agreed we want to go to heaven. Well, we're going to have a look at each of those things in turn to help us make that decision. And you might think, well, I've actually already picked my path. Well, good. If you've made the right choice, good. Let's make sure, because this is not something we want to get wrong, is it? So first thing that that Jesus is drawing our attention to here is that there are two gates. There are two gates. There is the narrow gate, also called the small gate in verse 14. And then there's the wide gate. And clearly by saying this, he's giving us a choice, isn't he? But notice it's not a choice between thousands of options. There are two. 
Many people think there are hundreds of different ways to heaven. There's many different routes you can take, different religions, different philosophies. Jesus says, note there are two. There is Jesus' way or there is the wrong way. And throughout the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has been contrasting the right way to God that he's been teaching about with the way of the Pharisees, the way of religion, the the religion of performance, of trying very, very hard to put on a show so you might impress God, or more importantly, impress other people with how good you are, with the prayers you pray, long and lengthy things, and the, the, the great sacrifices you make, and aren't you wonderful, all the while sin still seething in your heart. That is what all religion is, this man-made attempt to work its way up to heaven in contrast to Jesus, who is God, come down from heaven to bring us back with him. The wide gate, the wide gate gets you to work hard, earn your place, and you can do it however you like, but just make sure you're working very, very hard. Whereas Jesus' gate, his narrow gate, is about receiving that place as a free gift. So many times throughout the Sermon on the Mount, he's been saying you need to choose which way you're going to go. The religious route or the actual correct route. The wide gate keeps us in charge. We are master of our own destiny. Jesus' narrow gate acknowledges our desperate need for him to lead us, for him to rescue us, for him to change us. Recognizing his death on the cross in our place, the only way to be forgiven and deal with our sin. Jesus is saying there are two gates. There is going with Jesus or trying to go it alone. Christians are often uh, criticized, aren't we, for being too narrow. And often that is a very unfair criticism. It's not really understanding what we're saying or uh, often it's Christians bringing a bad name on ourselves. But on this, that is absolutely right. We absolutely are narrow. Enter through the narrow gate. There are not hundreds of gates, each one as good as the next. doesn't really matter which you choose. No, there is Jesus' gate, the narrow gate. Or there is the wide gate, which is big enough for every other idea or philosophy or religion or ism or self-help plan. Two gates, Jesus' way or the wrong way. And those two gates lead to two roads. In verse 13, we're told, wide is the gate and broad is the road. That's one option. And what about the other one, verse 14? But small is the gate and narrow the road. So we've got two roads, a broad road and a narrow road. And this is talking about what our life is like once you've picked your gate. The wide gate opens out into a wide road. The narrow gate opens into a narrow road. The wide one, the one without Jesus, is wide enough for you and your sins. There is no need to change anything about your life. You can come as you are, stay as you are. It is a very broad church on the wide road. Whereas the way of Jesus is a narrow road. It's described here as like a thin path, sort of hedged in on on both sides with cliffs. It's a bit of a squeeze. People talk sometimes, don't they, about being on the straight and narrow. We think straight means kind of not wiggling. But originally it was 
S-T-R-A-I-T, straight, like a, a thin passageway. So the straight and narrow is saying the narrow and narrow. It's a very narrow road, and it's a hard road. And throughout his teaching here, Jesus is being very upfront. This is a hard road to follow. It will be difficult to follow him. The Sermon on the Mount has been all about this deep character change that God brings about in our lives that goes beyond the surface, beyond the superficial. And he's been challenging us, really, whether we are or aren't going to live like that. And now, effectively, we've finished the Sermon on the Mount, and these last few chunks are him pressing us to apply it, to actually live it out. Don't just agree with him. Don't just say, wow, yes, Jesus, that really was the best sermon ever. Actually put it into practice. Actually walk that narrow path. Live the life he calls us to. The road that we're walking on shows the gate we've gone through. The American preacher Paul Washer famously said, the gate is narrow and the way is narrow. What he's saying there is, Many people think the gate is narrow, I need to make a decision for Jesus, and then once I've done that, the road is wide. It doesn't really matter how I live now. They can look back and say, well, I, I prayed a prayer a very long time ago, I entered the gate, I jumped through the hoop, and it doesn't matter whether or not I'm walking his road. But know that the road you're on proves which gate you went through. The narrow road of Jesus is one of trusting him every day, seeking to live his way. And so Jesus is warning us, isn't he, to consider which path we've taken, which road we are actually on. And not just to be able to look back and say, no, I think I made a choice about a gate a long time ago. I can't really remember, but it was a long time ago and I definitely did, even though I'm on a very broad road right now. Attention then turns to the travellers on those roads. And we're, we're told there are two groups. The wide road needs to be wide because there's so many people on it. Speaking of the wide gate in verse 13, it says we're told many enter through it. Many head down that road. Whereas the narrow gate, well at the end of verse 14, only a few find it. So there's two groups. There's the many and the few. And Jesus says in this case, the majority are wrong. That the way to heaven is not intuitive. People don't stumble into it. We can't work it out ourselves. We need to be shown it because many, many, many people get it wrong. We, we sometimes use that phrase, don't we, about going along with the crowds. But it's actually a really helpful one. I don't know if you've ever been in a big crowd, where that's, you know, you're coming out of a train station and everybody other than you seems to be all going to the same place over here and you're trying to go over here. It's really hard when you're in a crowd trying to go a different way or whether you're heading into a, a football match or some other kind of event. It could be quite overwhelming, this heaving mass of people all heading in the same direction. You can just get swept along because that's where everyone else is going. It's very hard not to be. It's very hard to stop. It's very hard to turn around and go the other way. It's very hard to be weird, to go against the flow. But that's what Jesus is calling us to, isn't he? When he tells us that many are entering through the wide gate, they are surging down that broad road. And so if you're going to do what he said of going the other way, 
you're going to be unusual. To be a Christian is to diverge from the path that most people are on. And that's very painful, isn't it? We were talking about this in, uh, in our house, I think it was during this week, about peer pressure and, and whether that's just something for children, just something for people of school age. No, it's not, is it? We know, grown-ups who are here, know that the expectations of other people are a massive pressure on us still in all kinds of ways, maybe in different ways. But when everybody else is doing one thing, when everybody else see thi- sees things differently to you, it does make you wonder, doesn't it? Have I got this wrong? There's so many people going that way. Surely I should go that way. Surely the few can't be in the right. Surely I should join that big group over there. And it's helpful, isn't it, for us to hear what Jesus is saying and be reminded that the truth is not decided by a popular vote. That the majority do not determine what is right. Just because millions are being herded down one street doesn't make that the right direction. That depends not on the number of people on the road, but what is at the end of the road. And that's where Jesus draws our attention, saying that there are only two destinations. There are only two destinations. And if you're hearing all this so far, maybe finding it a bit discouraging or thinking kind of, I thought you wanted us to go on the narrow road. This doesn't sound very good, really. Well, look at where the roads go. Jesus says that wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And those are our only two options, destruction or life. And he doesn't just mean sort of surviving for another day or being cut down in our prime. By life, Jesus means eternal life, forever with him in a perfect world of joy. And by destruction, he means eternal destruction. Not just a moment of being destroyed, annihilated, but death and punishment forever. The two destinations, heaven and hell, the stakes really could not be higher. Sometimes people say it's, it's, not the, it's about the journey, not the destination. That's not the case here, is it? The destination is the thing. It is the main thing. If we actually thought for a moment about those two places, if we think about heaven, about life in its truest sense, its deepest sense, all of the longings of our heart met at last as we see God face to face, we are welcomed into paradise forever to enjoy everything good that God has planned for us. And then the alternative of destruction, of hell of separation from God in his generous goodness only facing God in his right anger an eternity of just justice with no hope of deliverance locked into that selfishness forever the never-ending frustration that we brought it on ourselves we want to think about those two destinations and help us make our choice I asked at the start, do you want to go to heaven or hell? And if you actually just say those two things, no one's going to choose hell, are they? But if instead we say, would you like a narrow gate or a wide gate? Well, that's a bit trickier. (laughs) 
Or if we say, would you like a broad road or, or a tight one? One with loads of room or one with a bit less wiggle room? Would you like a road where everybody else is going or would you like a road among the few? We're going to struggle with that because we want to be comfortable now. We're more, com- we're more at home here. We're not thinking about eternity. We want to fit in now, even if it means being wrong forever. And people do choose the wrong way, even though if you just set the destinations before us, you go, obviously, it's a no-brainer. But because both the gates at the start are not properly signposted, both the gates claim they're going to lead you to heaven. The road to hell is paved with good intentions, as they say. As Satan and a great many other con men have stood at the broad gate, telling you, no, this is the way to go. Telling you, well, actually, it doesn't really matter which path you take. We're all heading the same way. Distracting us from the choice entirely. So we just are pushed along with the crowd over the precipice. The broad gate is so wide, we might not even realize we've gone through it. The wrong road, it's so vast, we might not even even know that's where we are until we suddenly arrive and we realize this is not where I wanted to be. And that can be so sudden. Again, this image makes us think, I've got a gate and I've got to choose and then the path, it's going to be a long path before I, we don't know if we're going to go now and the decision has already been made. There are these two gates, two roads, two groups, two destinations, leaving us with one decision. In a sense, Jesus is saying, look, you are at the crossroads. There are these two gates, and it's make your mind up time. And I'll tell you exactly which one to do, he says. You've got to make a choice, but before you make your choice, let me tell you the right choice. Enter through the narrow gate, he says. He pleads with us. Come with me. I know the other way looks easier. I know that way looks, this way seems like it's going to be uphill. I know it doesn't look like there's very many people on it. But enter this way. Walk the narrow road. Go with the few because that is the only way to life. One limit of Jesus' illustration here is that we don't have the option of staying in the nice area in front of the gates. We can't just say, well, I'll loiter here, actually. I just won't, ma- won't make a choice. I've got these two gates, and I'll just spend a little bit of time umming and ahhing about it. Because really, if we haven't chosen his way, we've already chosen the broad way. This is not a decision anybody else can make for you. The gate is like a turnstile, if you, if, if you think about it. It sort of admits one at a time. It's narrow in that sense that you've got to go through in, in single file. It's a decision we have to make. And so can I beg you, if you never have before, to enter through the narrow gates, to throw your lot in with Jesus, to be able to say, look, I I have been going my own way. I have been doing my own thing, and I can see that it's getting me nowhere. I can see that, in a sense, it's been fun for a while, and it might go on being fun for a little while, but it is going to lead me to destruction so I want to go your way, Jesus. I want to follow you. I want to live for you. I want to change direction. I want to pick a new path. One decision to enter through the narrow gate. Can I encourage us not just to admire the gate 
and, and agree with Jesus. Yep, your way is the best way, definitely. No, enter the gate. Go in today. We're told that few find it, but not none. <laughs> and Christ goes before us. He calls us to follow him. One decision we need to make. And yet at the same time, there are a million decisions. And what do I mean by that? Well, I mean that the decision to follow Jesus is a daily decision. Once we've entered the gate, we need to continue on the road. Again, I think that's a large part of what this is saying is, yes, make that decision. You've only got two paths to, to take, but saying, yes, keep making that decision. Keep on walking that path. Keep on not drifting off with the crowd. We need to regularly remind ourselves, don't we, why we're going this way. Otherwise, we're going to give up. We need to have our eyes fixed on the destination so we're not tempted to turn back. We are only few. So we're going to need the encouragement of our fellow travellers to press on. We're going to find all sorts of temptations not to put Jesus' words into practice. We need to make a million decisions like that and each time to choose Jesus. And when we choose wrong, to repent and turn back and choose Jesus again. Can I urge us to do that? Very shortly, we're going to sing uh, uh, an old hymn, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. It's, it's uh, a, a hymn with an amazing story. We have to tell you about that another time. Um, um, no, I'm not going to tell you the story now. I nearly did. Uh, uh, maybe after the service. But anyway, it's a, a, a hymn with an amazing story. Uh, but sometimes we don't sing songs like this uh, because we want to rightly focus on God's choice and not just on me and my decision. I've decided to follow Jesus, aren't I great? That's not what the hymn is about. It's instead, it's about the fact that this passage and lots of other passages like it make clear there is a decision to make there are a million decisions to make to keep going and it's good for us to say together, I have decided to follow Jesus. Later on as we take communion, in a sense, taking part in that is a way of saying today, I have decided to follow Jesus because of everything he has done for me, because of his choice, because of his sovereignty, because of his grace, I have decided. And not just I've decided, but as the line goes in the song, no turning back. No turning back. I've entered through the narrow gate. And I've entered through the narrow gate because although wide is the gate and broad is the road, it leads to destruction. Many enter through it. I don't want to do that. Small is the gate, narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. And praise God, I'm one of the few. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for presenting us with such a clear picture, such a clear choice. We're sorry that we are so easily tempted to go the wrong way. Please forgive us. We want to go with you. So please would you help us to enter the narrow gate, even if we never have before. Help us to turn away from our sin, trust in you and go through that narrow gate. 
Help us, no matter how many times we feel we've done that, to keep on walking the narrow road with you. Knowing that if we press on day by day, we will reach the life that you've promised us. And we ask this in your name. Amen.